Welcome to the Otherworld's GG Community Cast. I am Taylor for Two, aka Hunter, and I am joined by Malified, also known as Adrian. How's it going, bud? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's a good day. We got a lot going on, and I'm really excited because we're getting into episode 32.2, uh, follow up to the first portion of the news uh, segments to kind of get everything caught up. And we're going to start things off with uh, Retro. So what do we got in the Retro news here? Um, Arcade 1UP is a company that's done sort of three-quarter scale, half-scale arcade machines. The nice thing about them is they're light enough that one person can move them. Most traditional arcade machines were, you know, several hundred pounds and and really tough to to move around. They had CRTs and all these other things. So uh, 1UP. Arcade 1UP is doing a Simpsons arcade machine now. That's their latest release. So this is kind of a big deal for people who fondly remember the Simpsons beat-em-up game. It does support four players, although I'm not quite sure. I think you'd have to have some pretty skinny friends to fit four people around the machine, (laughs) the console, uh, given Mm -hmm. how small it is. But, um, you know, this is kind of an exciting announcement. I hope uh, this inspires more you know, big arcade game releases in the future. So nice. Um, one other thing, we've got a couple of uh, Mr. Updates. Um, the uh, uh, One of the developers of in the community is announced he's working on the PlayStation 1 core. Uh, there was another couple folks working on this previously, but they had somewhat of a falling out or something and decided maybe not to work on it quite so aggressively. Um, it's not clear if it's even possible to do PlayStation 1. It's going to be a tight squeeze, but there's some hope that it can happen. And the Saturn Core, which is in development, uh, is now booting commercial games. So that's a big milestone uh, in its development. So we that's may have some... Excellent. Yeah, yeah, we may have a couple new new systems. The Saturn Core is particularly exciting because there's not good Saturn emulation. No, it's kind of a not. weird beast uh, machine, the the hardware design. So if they can pull this off with FPGA, uh, it would you know ensure that these games are available to play in for the a future, long which, time. Yep, yeah, is is great. So. Good news there. Good news. Um, absolutely, absolutely. So that was that was kind of it for retro this time. Um, VR. This next story caught my eye not so much because of the story itself, but what it sort of brought to light. So uh, the story is Guns and Stories Bulletproof VR, which is an older VR game that's been around for a while, is now landing on the Nolo Sonic App Store, which. Begs the question of what the hell is the Nolo Sonic? Uh, it's apparently a Japanese, or excuse me, a Chinese uh, VR system that looks a hell of a lot like the Quest. Curious. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe this is kind of a new competitor to the Quest. I know a lot of people are really unhappy with Facebook being behind the quest and requiring you to have a Facebook account and things like that. So, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what, what comes of this, but I had not heard about this uh, Nolo Sonic VR headset before. So I wanted to mention that in case we, we see more of it down the road. Yeah, it's it's good to be aware of it for sure. 
Right on. Uh, Switch news. I still don't own a Switch, but uh, we'll see. I mean, one of the interesting things is, though, the Switch console sales have hit 89 million and has now outsold the PS3 and Xbox 360. I'm curious if that is just Switch sales or if that also includes the Switch Lite sales. I assume it's the platform, so I I would think it's probably Mm. both. Yeah. Because they're distinctly different, um, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Switch Lite is a straight-up mobile-only device versus the Switch, which obviously you can hook up to your TV uh, out of the box and everything. So Right, right. Um, I mean, that's great. I mean, great for the Switch. I know they definitely sold a lot last year because people were stuck at home and people were looking for things to do. So I know... Switch sales definitely increased last year. I'm still on the fence about the Nintendo Switch, and and the reason why is, is with 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 everything that I've got going on, with everything that I'm invested in, Nintendo loves to sell hardware, and they just keep putting out new iterations of things. And that when they started doing that with the 3DS, for example, that's when I slowly started checking out because I was good on having just a console, right? Like I've I, I you know I've bought every single console that they've ever had, and you know I I bought a Wii, and then I was a good little Nintendo fanboy, and I got a Wii U, um, <laughs> and I was content with that. And then you know they came out with a 3DS, and then the new th- the new 3DS came out with the extra little nub on it, and I was like, this is ridiculous. And I've considered getting a 2DS just so I can play some of those newer the newer ones because i don't really care mm-hmm. for the 3d like the 3d is a cool thing Get but it, it's it's not not necessarily something that i'm always going to be interested in playing with but when they started doing that and now they've got the switch and then they did the switch Lite, and now they're doing like the switch upgrade i guess if you want to call it that it just it's just this this constant little bits of iteration upon iteration and i just i'm i'm not really into that right now with them um so yeah i i mean for what it's worth the 3d on the new 3ds is the best 3d that i've it's it's light years ahead of the original 3ds like you're not gonna sell me on it (laughs) well no i'm just saying like what's cool about it is it actually tracks your eyeballs so it adjusts the angle of the 3d so that whatever Mm. how look at the screen it automatically stays in 3d because Mm. the original 3ds you had to kind of look at it straight on or you didn't get the 3d effect so they've they fixed that which is cool and then because it's infrared tracking it works at night Mm -hmm. so even if you're in bed playing um you can still use the 3d that said you're adding i think it's like 80 dollars to the price to get that Mm. feature i'm not sure it's really you know worth it um a lot of the more recent games do not make good use of the 3d uh, the the you know early titles did because there was only the 3ds, but once the 2ds came out, it seems like a lot of developers stopped really trying with the 3d stuff. So, um, right. I think it's it's an easy feature to drop if you just kind of want to dabble uh, a little bit, um, for what it's worth. But but yeah, I mean it's it's a huge feather in Nintendo's cap uh, to to hit that milestone. Um, you know, being, you know, among the best selling consoles of all time is, is always impressive. So good for them. 
Um, Pokemon Unite. Uh, this is a interesting game. It's mobile game as well as having a free Switch version. And it is a 5v5 strategic Pokemon battle game. So <clears throat> it's kind of unique in that you're getting the Pokemon in 3D, but you're almost fighting with them more like a brawler or something, um, or like a, a, a tactical RPG. So kind of an interesting twist on Pokemon. Uh, they just did a big update. They added a bunch of, of features to it. So um, might be something worth checking out if you're a Pokemon fan. And since it's on mobile, uh, you can probably play it just about anywhere. Such a big As, franchise, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We also got a recent Pokemon Presents event, which announced... Uh, a thousand a new bunch. Pokemon. <laughs> yes. No. It's it you know the the um the big announcements were Pokemon Cafe Mix, which is getting a revamp. Is now Pokemon Cafe Remix. It's basically a, a puzzler with Pokemon theme. There's Pokemon Masters EX, which is a mobile game that's been out for a couple years. And that's getting some new content. Pokemon Go, of course, has been around for a long time. That's getting more content. Um, and then we've got Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. These are the mainline Pokemon games coming to Switch with a, a new coat of paint. And finally, there is one more Pokemon game coming, Pokemon Legends, which is a brand new game that is set as far back in the Pokemon timeline as we've ever seen. And it's changing up the mechanics quite a bit. It almost seems like a mix of some of the Legend of Zelda mechanics with Pokemon. So that's kind of an interesting one to, to uh, take a look at. But there is no shortage of Pokemon content. So... If that's your thing, you have plenty to choose from. And and before the fan fiction that Clippy is a an actual Pokemon. <laughs> yes, the metal. He's the one of the metal types. Well, I mean, like um, when when they that. when they announced like ice cream cones and chairs and stuff like, Poke, <laughs> like I'm just like you guys are running out of ideas. I mean, yeah, yeah. They yeah, there there's some odd choices. You know, Microsoft uh, in, partners in with mix. Pokemon to come out with the Clippy of the Pokemon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, we also had an update to Mario, the new Mario Golf Super Rush. And some fans are kind of unhappy with a change that was made. Um, Daisy had some pretty sassy voice clips. And one of them, she said, whatever, when she got a bogey on a hole. And now it's been changed to boo. Okay, like oh man, the controversies never end. <laughs> I yeah, Jesus. I mean, I I just I I can't get worked up over that. But that's um, what I'm saying, <laughs> like what? Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, but yeah, so that that was that was a thing. Um, it is cool. They added some more characters. They added a new course in this update as well. So there is some good content in there. 
And last but not least, one of my favorite uh, game series that Nintendo has had is Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, one and came out years and years and years ago on the 3DS. Um, it got remastered, and then it it's out on Switch now. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is out on Switch. Xenoblade Chronicles X which is probably, arguably, one of the best in the series, is only still only on Wii U. I'm certainly hoping that they bring that one to a, a more accessible platform, but it's well worth playing if you get a chance. All of that said, there is a new Xenoblade Chronicles game in development. Uh, apparently, one of the voice actors spilled the beans, and there was some confirmation from some other sources. So it does look like we've, we're getting a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 at some point. So that'll be interesting. Hmm. Nice. Moving on to and I and that's another game series that I'd love to get into because I have not and I from what I've seen and what I've played a little bit of it I I do like it so I should get into it. Um, but moving on to PlayStation news, uh, PlayStation Now August twenty twenty one free games have announced. What do we got here on the free games list? I know that. PC, like, if you're not already, please just keep an eye on the PC stuff because free games are constantly coming out from Epic and some of these other places. So, like, I think they just did, like, Ukulele or whatever it was on Epic. If you had, if you didn't get it, you yep. could have just nabbed it for free there. So there's, there's tons of stuff constantly coming out on PC for free. But it's nice to see that PlayStation Now and even Games with Gold are doing some of this stuff. So it looks like we're getting... Well, so keep in mind, this is PlayStation Now, which is sony's streaming games service as well as providing downloadable ps4 games for on the playstation this is not playstation plus which is the free games every month well that's an odd way of titling it then so basically playstation now is getting near atom automata excuse me uh ghost runner undertale and last month in July, they added God of War, Nio 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, Judgment, Moving Out, Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games, and NASCAR Heat 5. So they are adding games to this service. I have a subscription. I have the client installed on my PC. I never use it. I just never get around to it. I don't know. Um, I don't love, you know, cloud streaming games in general because of the extra latency. I feel like that you know, throws off my already barely mm -hmm. adequate skills a lot of times, but um, yeah, I this really, was the only way... Go ahead. I, I really want them to be doing what they're... I'm telling you, man, if they can combine PS Plus and PS Now together into a single service and optimize it for PC, they'll make bank. People will sub to that. Yeah, well, and there's there's now that Sony's bought Crunchyroll, there was a rumor that they were going to combine PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Now, and Crunchyroll into a subscription every month, uh, which is kind of interesting. I guess they assume all gamers are anime fans, but oh, you're not. Um, the <laughs> yeah, well, maybe 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 not. I don't know. But one of the things that PlayStation Now started doing was it was the only way to play ps3 games backward compatible on you know newer systems if you didn't want to pull out the ps3 so yeah. that's where you know i started it with it but um you know now that they've added the ability to download these other games it's it's kind of a weird hybrid between 
you know, an xCloud style service and then um, Game Pass. But the PS3 well, games, of course, aren't downloadable. And then the PS4 games aren't playable on the cloud. So you have to play the PlayStation 4 games on a PS4 or PS5. You can't play them on PC. Hold 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 so, hold the phone. I know that we're talking about PlayStation, but like the, this is where this is where I'm the 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 Xbox app on PC where you install mm-hmm. Game Pass games that you can play locally. Mm-hmm. And you can also mm-hmm. buy games through there and install them locally has finally integrated their cloud streaming service to that app. Right. Right. And just now scrolling through the list, do you know what games that I can stream and play to my PC right now? Hmm. Just just through this, Perfect Dark Zero, Banjo Kazooie, mm-hmm. the original Perfect Dark, Crimson Skies. I just this is all through one app, and I just really wish Sony would get off their butt and do the same thing. I, I'm sorry. It just it just bugs me how far behind they're falling on this. I'm glad they're adding new games. Don't get me wrong, but <sighs> it's nowhere near as integrated of a service, and and has, seems to have a lot more caveats than uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for sure. So it is a little disappointing um, that we don't see sort of a better showing there. Sorry, I just it just it just frustrates me sometimes because I I want to love Sony so bad I really do. <laughs> well, uh, Sony has a game called Dreams, which is kind of a a game creator toolkit, and uh, a couple of folks got together and actually two folks specifically got together and made Frontier, which is an open world driving game featuring exploration, time trial events, and collectibles to pick up all set in one world so you can play this if you have dreams for free um that's kind of the nature of the service so i thought that was pretty pretty slick that no that is pretty slick i like it and (laughs) sony continues to walk the line I'm just gonna walk out between of the room. Pist- <laughs> oh no. no! No, no, okay. So, so the headline from PC Gamer, which I think is is funny, is Sony continues to walk the line between pissing off PlayStation owners and putting its games on PC. So, what do you think, Hunter? I mean, this. I, I, I mean, what do you expect, though? Like, I think this is the right move by Sony to continue to try and work on doing that because. If if they're if they're not going to work on bettering the ecosystem for their current environment, right? Like the the PlayStation Five is 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 only doing well in terms of the fact that like if you have one, they're giving you all kinds of like content, right? Like you I mean if you've already got a, but like you have to buy you have to super buy into the, just that ecosystem in order to really get the most out of it. And since they're really not doing anything better with PS Plus and PS Now other than maybe adding some games from time to time, where are they making their money if they're not selling consoles? Right? Like, where are they... Like, there's a huge audience on the PC to start selling their games to to start making in more revenue for games that they've already sold to you on the console. So here's my question. Where are you getting pissed if you already own a game on the console? 
Yeah. Well, especially with a two-year lead time, right? Like, they, they don't that's, put these that's things a, out day and date. That's 100% my point. So, like, yep. Horizon Zero Dawn was on the PlayStation 4 forever, and then they brought it to the PC, and I was like, well, I didn't see that coming. And same, and, and same thing with, um, with, with that, uh, that other big one that, that came out. Um, oh, shit. There was the, the motorcycle. The walking simulator one. one. Days Gone. <laughs> The, oh. the the with the baby in the jar uh oh death, death stranding. stranding yeah death stranding so so de- baby in a baby jar, in a jar. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> horizon that's terrible horizon zero dawn and death stranding were shockers to come to pc in my opinion but the fact that they had already been on the playstation ecosystem for a little while before that happened it's just like I mean the same thing happens with with the PC same thing happens with the Xbox. I mean Halo had been on the console exclusive train for a better part mm-hmm. of a decade and a half, right? You know, and yet and yet now we've got everything coming to PC with that. So I mean like you wait long enough sure you're going to get it on the PC, but I I really think people and 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 I and I hate to say this, I do think Sony's making good moves by doing this here. But I think the the console wars are dead, and people who are holding on to this games exclusive thing need to get their head out of their butt. And I and I know I'm putting that a bit bluntly, but like, it's not about your console. It's not about your games exclusives necessarily. It's about your platforms and what your platforms are providing. And maybe platforms exclusives might be a good thing. But like, I think if you're gonna do it, you have your console, and then you put it out on the PC. So you can either play it on the PlayStation or you can play it on the PC. You can either play it on the Xbox or you can play it on the PC. But you're not going to be able to be like, well, I can play it on the PlayStation or I can play it on the Xbox. Not necessarily, especially if it's a first-party title. So, like, Halo's never going to be on PlayStation, right? God right, of War right. is probably never going to be on Xbox. And I'm okay with that. But let them be on PC and you've got a different story. Because, again, if you compare the PC with a console, you're probably going to be able to play... 95% of the games that are out there. So like yep. like pair any console with a PC and you're in good and you're in good shape. So I really think that the the PlayStation folks and and PlayStation owners need to chill out on that because it's like you know if you want your your console to survive, Sony needs to start looking for more people to buy into their content. And their content mm-hmm. can't be exclusive to their hardware anymore. It can't. I just don't yeah, see a future in which that that happens. Well, they they can't they can't compete with the big budget games that are going to sell on every platform if they're they know they're only going to sell on PlayStation because they're just not going to be able to justify you know investing a hundred million dollars in the next AAA game. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, if Sony continues this trend of releasing the games two years ish after, uh, they release it on PlayStation, but I think they're going to have to, to survive economically to your point. And they are releasing them as full price games on PC. It's not like they're giving anybody a discount because the game's been out for two years. It's still a $60 title. Right. So it's not so, like the PlayStation people are getting ripped off or anything. Um, so and that's, I don't, and I don't that's, understand and that, gate. And, that, and that's what I'm understanding too. And maybe as a, as a dominant PC player, maybe I'm just kind of neutral in all this, but like 
I I'm all about being able to play games and giving people the game like play 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 choice, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. the fact the fact that I can travel and still play my games even though I'm a, an Xbox and PC guy is a huge deal to me. Like you know, I can take my laptop essentially, and if I want to, I can like stream X Cloud to it if I've got good internet wherever I'm traveling to. Um, you know, or I, I send you know, it just it. It just gives me those options, you know, and I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm on a soapbox right now that I don't need to be on. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's go into our next section. We have some cloud news. Um, we talked a little bit about the one of these stories that the Xbox Cloud Gaming is now available on the Xbox app on Windows. If you're an insider, mm-hmm. um. People said, at least some of the stories said, that this would include uh, in-home console streaming. So you'd be streaming directly from your console to your PC. But that does not seem to be active yet, at least when I checked uh, a couple days ago. I was I was hoping to, to try that out. But um, that's pretty exciting. I, I did try the cloud gaming, and I could just pop in, and within about a minute, I was playing uh, playing a game. So... Uh, it definitely seems to work as expected, and and it'll be very welcome. Uh, one of the use cases I I was hearing about that made a lot of sense to me is if you wanted to play a game while you're waiting for it to install, you can launch it on the cloud and play, and then once it's installed on your computer, your save will just sync over, and you can start playing on your computer. Which I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. And how cool will it be if Microsoft can make that automatic? I mean, you know what I mean, where it just boots yeah. it up in the background and switches you, even if you had, you know, a, a pause for 15, 30 seconds, like it would still be that would blow people's minds. I think that'd be so cool. Yeah, no kidding. And it seems very doable, right? Like, I don't think that's that's I'm talking science fiction here. I think it's it's definitely in the realm of possibility. Yep. So uh, I this first story, I feel like we might have covered in our last news show. Does this ring a bell for you? Not not necessarily. The the interesting thing with so we talked about Google uh buying Epic. Um pretend like they were at one point considering trying to do that. Um and yeah, well maybe we have I don't that story know story later on. Yeah, we do have that story later on, but we'll we'll get to that. I don't know if we actually talked about this specifically, but we have talked about it, I think, in the past, not necessarily in this last episode. And Google and Stadia are is in a weird place with their with you know they want to they want to license Stadia tech for devs to create their own cloud gaming service and I know I do remember us mentioning this before but what I don't understand is why um why any development team would want to partner with that when there is literally Nvidia um service that would do that sh- for free I mean like if if all all people have to do is buy the game and then they could stream it through Nvidia's stuff, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to you don't have to work on you don't have to like license a platform from another like company. And I just feel like that's money that people are going to be wasting on Google's tech when Nvidia is doing it just as well. And that's why I well, think, it, and that's why I got frustrated when I hear all of these developers saying like, "Don't let our games be able to be streamed through that platform." But I'm like, "You're not losing any money by doing that, though." So, all like, why why would you care? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I think the 
interesting concept here is the idea that some developer would go create their own cloud gaming service. That seems like that a huge amount of effort. That doesn't for, make any very sense little to me. Return. Yeah, it doesn't to me either. So I don't quite know who the audience for this is. Uh, the other consideration <laughs> is that actually, the... I just what? maybe maybe Nintendo gets in on this. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, but maybe. Like... Um, but one of the things that that is important to remember is you have to port your game to Linux and uh, Vulkan to you right. to host it on Stadia, right. where. Yeah. To your point, GeForce Now runs Windows, so you don't have to do anything special to support GeForce Now. So, yeah, I I think it's a I think it's a solution looking for a problem uh, in this case, but um, we'll see what happens. Maybe somebody will pick it up. Speaking we'll of picking things up, yeah, no kidding. This is big. Uh, Unity. <laughs> Unity has entered into an agreement to acquire Parsec. Um, you want to maybe run people who aren't familiar through what Parsec does? Parsec is a fun little tool. It's a, it's a free tool that you can get that essentially allows you to, in the simplest terms, remote connect to a computer. Um, so essentially, I could have Parsec running on my home PC. I install it on my laptop and log in, and I can connect to my home PC over the internet and I can launch applications, I can run applications, it'll do mouse and keyboard capture, uh, I even think it'll do controller capture, and allow me to play games remotely um, on my computer back at home. A lot of people have, and you can even host it as like an arcade instance and host an app from your machine and people can actually connect to your computer and play games. Um, there have been community players who run emulators like uh, Nintendo emulators playing Super Nintendo or even GameCube games um, across the internet together because, you know, those are typically couch uh, applications, right, like where you sit down with a friend. But this allows you to play some of these emulators over the internet with your friends. Um, they can be player two or three or four, depending on the console, I suppose. Um, but the fact that Unity has entered into an agreement to acquire Parsec is interesting because that could potentially turn this into a paid product, which makes people wonder what's going to happen to the existing user uh, base as it is now. So a, yep. lot of, a lot of unknowns with Parsec at the moment and what this is going to do. Uh, hopefully increase funding for Parsec to uh, be able to support things like HDR. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, this is one to keep an eye on because I enjoy using Parsec as a passive tool to be able to manage my computer uh, remotely. Because um, even though remote desktop is nice, certain applications don't like the RDP protocol, and um, or the R D protocol. I guess that's kind of a redundant way of saying it. But um, yeah, we'll we'll really need to keep an eye on this one so we'll we'll probably keep this in our news segments if we see something else come up with it for sure in the future yeah yeah like you said i hope they it, it means more funding and more improvements to the app not the app goes away we'll see that's the hope yes um we kind of i wanted to talk about some new things with game pass um one of the things that microsoft's been doing and i know we've talked about this before but they go through and add touch controls to a lot of games that are available on xCloud so that you can play them more easily on your phone. And Hades is a roguelite which 
has a very interesting story. You're trying to escape from hell, um, but you're doing, or, well, Hades, and you're doing so <laughs> as uh, one of the Greek Greek gods. And so it it is a very arcadey kind of uh, combat, and it plays really well with touch, apparently. So um, some people even said they like it better with touch than they did you know, otherwise. It's so. really shocking how well Microsoft is developing touch controls. I'm I, I'm impressed. It's impressed the crap out of me. I mean, of course, Minecraft Dungeons seems like it'd be a perfect mobile game to begin with when you boil it down. Yep. But like yep. when I'm when I'm streaming it at home and playing with touch controls, I'm just like this this just works. It's it's wild. Yeah, well, and they also added Wasteland 3. They added Need for Speed Heat and Blood Roots, all getting touch controls. Plus, they added... Um, let's I mean, that's, here. A, that's uh, actually how I played through one of the newer Super Lucky's Tales was through the touch controls. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they did Psychonauts, Farming Simulator, uh, Peggle some of the older Wasteland games all got touch controls. So I, I just think that's a neat... Thing that we're not seeing uh elsewhere nobody else is doing that as far as i know so hey we didn't cool. talk about it in game releases but coming out and uh as of recording this coming out in three days is psychonauts 2 to game pass yes yes yeah i tend not to to do the upcoming but yeah you're right that is uh that is good news i'm glad to see that finally is shipping um the first one was a lot of fun so Alrighty. Well, let's move on to our tech news. We've got a fair number of stories here. Uh, there's been some big announcements, but the first story is AMD and Valve are developing improved Linux CPU driver that'll benefit Steam Deck. So this is uh, really interesting to see the investment that AMD is making in Steam Deck, um, putting putting engineering resources into making it even better. So and not, uh, we'll and see not just what happens. And not just and not just for the Linux stuff too. They're they're aiming to try and help them make sure that Windows runs on, uh, Windows 11 runs well on the Steam Deck as as well. Like I think they've uh, they've acknowledged the fact that they need to make sure the hardware can support Windows uh, fluidly as well. So they're trying to. Mm -hmm. This is something Valve's been trying to make sure that they get uh, right as well with that. So. Um, we have a bunch of Intel news, which is kind of not something I'm, I'm used to saying. Um, but Intel had a big a big event recently, and we got a lot of news out of that. Um, they hired away NVIDIA's developer who created the ray tracing and DLSS technology. So that person now works for Intel, no longer for NVIDIA. Um, Intel announced... Arc, which is their line of gaming GPUs that are coming out next year. Wow, that's going to be interesting to have a third market person. Yes, there. yes. So they're also known, like the individual cards are named different things, but their their Alchemist is one of the the brand names. Um, Arc is the line of cards, and then the specific card is like the Alchemist. So. Uh, those cards are going to be built using TSMC's 6 nanometer process node, which is basically saying it's using one of the latest and greatest technologies for, for chip manufacturing, so it should be very efficient. And it, this is probably the biggest news out of this event. Uh, I mean, we knew that Intel was working on graphics chips, uh, GPUs, 
But what we didn't know is Intel has a competitor for DLSS called XEZ Super Sampling, or ZES, I guess. Um, it works on any GPU, like AMD's FSR, but it adds the... FSR just takes the static image and looks at it as a static image each as each frame is generated, where DLSS is actually doing temporal-based uh, rescaling. So it's looking at multiple frames and looking using that to improve the image. So uh, Zest is also temporal-based, so it is looking at multiple frames to do the upscaling, but it works on any GPU. It doesn't require special hardware like DLSS. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what this means for the graphics space because potentially we could see games shipping with this new intel zest technology and it would work on intel amd and nvidia gpus which is a hell of a lot less work for developers than supporting dlss and fsr uh to get right to get all of these features so. That's that's awesome. I'm glad to I'm glad to see that. I mean, anything that can help the developers more, I think, is a good thing in my opinion. So more yeah, competition, yeah, well, more we choice, more. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So what's, kind of what's on, not good was, though. <laughs> I was just say that was the good news. Uh, here's here's maybe the bad news. Uh, Nvidia's CEO says GPU supply shortages will continue through most of 2022. Yeah, I'm not which surprised. is well, and it's disappointing. Um, well, I'm not surprised it, because of of what number two on this is. But yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, and so maybe you do you want to talk about this? Right. Well, I mean, on top of the the actual, you know, it's harder to at the moment to develop or I guess produce the hardware itself because of you know shortages and supply chains and stuff like that right now due to last year. But on top of that, NVIDIA's mining limiter that they had got hacked. And so now their uh, LHR GPUs are 70% effective. So it's like the GPU prices were starting to go down. Like you could start seeing them across the board. They were slowly. It's As someone put it, it's easier in an economy situation to see prices skyrocket in a situation like gas, wood, and those kinds of things have on, on, on and here in the U.S. at least definitely skyrocketed and it takes time for those numbers to slowly come back down again and and the gpu market was slowly starting to come back down again but now that that's happened it's just back to it 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 it, it hurt so yeah it's not a surprise yeah. it's not a surprise at all it's a shame though because um, i'm glad i got in on my 2070 when i did because <laughs> You, I mean, trying yeah. to get, I mean, hell, I can't even get a damn, you know, Series X right now. Like, God forbid getting a graphics card. So, yeah. Well, on a, um, on a different note, one of the other stories that came out of the Intel uh, announcements, Intel's next GPU called Codename Alder Lake, it has kind of an interesting little feature where they've built in the scheduler uh, that normally the operating system does, they've got something called a thread director that's in hardware that's helping do a better job or, or cooperating with the OS scheduler. So the example they gave was the thread director 
will know that you're running a game and that that's more important than your LED lighting software that's also running in the background. So it'll give more priority to the game and put that on the, the performance cores where it moves the lighting software over to the lower power, uh, more efficient cores. So kind of an interesting little little improvement there. We'll see you know, how well it works. Given how bad having a low power GPU and then a discrete high power GPU works in laptops, it's a constant nightmare where you end up with uh, on the wrong GPU or when it tries to switch between GPUs, the game crashes or you know, graphics effects break and all that kind of stuff. This makes me a little nervous because I'm not sure that it, you know, they're going to have all the bugs worked out for quite a while, but uh, at least the, the concept is interesting. Um, I can see the potential. So fingers crossed. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt for sure. Well, moving on to some business and legal news in the gaming world. Some of this is a mixed bag and uh, it, it, it depends. Huh. Let's just, let's just try and get through some of this. Shall we? Um, uh, we've, we've talked about Blizzard in the past, we're aware of it, there's still an ongoing thing with that, but, uh, Jalen Brack, or Jav, as he's been known, um, is leaving Blizzard amidst the discrimination lawsuit, he is stepping down, um, and two people are gonna be taking his place to co-lead, uh, I forget the name of the two, uh, individuals, but, uh, that's kind of what's going on with that, it's just, it's a terrible situation, I'd rather not talk about that, Blizzard's just... Blizzard, Blizzard's been on my shit list for a while, and as much as I love their games, and I'm still gonna support their games, right? Like, especially their classic games that I grew up with and know and love. But, I mean, anything anything new right now has got me on edge, because it's just, they, they need to really clean house. Um, but anyway, moving on from that, Google uh, at one point considered buying Epic Games, according to update court documents from this ongoing battle with Epic. Um, there, there is a, a document that showed at one point they were considering, um, actually getting involved with, uh, with trying to acquire that, which would be weird. Cause you'd, you'd wonder how much, mo how much money is Tim Sweeney like worth? Like how much do you think he'd be like, what dollar amount could mm. you offer him where he would say yes to it? You know what I'm saying? So it it would have been interesting because you know we have another article here that Google discussed teaming up with Tencent to take over Epic, um, but I I just don't I just don't see it happening unless Tim Sweeney is just like that tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I can't imagine that that he would uh, he would go that direction or be willing to give up the company. Um, the Brazilian uh of Brazilian voice actress who did voices for Overwatch and uh, Cortana in the Halo series in Portuguese uh, was unfortunately murdered. It's kind of a horrific story. Um, fortunately, they've caught, they've arrested someone for the crime. And, uh, you know, hopefully once we go through the, the court proceedings that assuming this is the right person, they get convicted. But uh, kind of a sad story, especially for our Brazilian gamers. Uh, let's see. Gigabyte, the hardware manufacturer, has been in the middle of a kind of ugly controversy. Um, 
it turns out that a couple of their power supplies have a problem and they could actually catch fire. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> well, and, and that's bad, right? But they're so far, at least the federal trade commission has not forced them to do a recall, um, which some people are, are suggesting is, is the right course of action. But, What's problematic is Newegg, the retailer who sells a lot of PC hardware, uh, Newegg has been doing this thing called the Newegg Shuffle, which is basically a lottery every day where you can go in and, and enter to win. It's free. You can enter to win specific hardware. But what they tend to do is if you see a really nice graphics card, for example, uh, they'll bundle it with another piece of hardware that you probably don't want as a way to make more money because the GPUs are so supply limited. So one of the things that they were bundling up and at least until very, very recently were these known defective power supplies that could catch fire. And Newegg was still giving them away or selling them as part of these bundles. So that's certainly uh, concerning. Uh, apparently Gigabyte has a fix for this, although there's there's even some speculation the fix may not be uh, enough. So, I, you know, uh, we never like to hear about anything catching on fire or any of our gamers being put in danger. So this is really scary. If you do have a Gigabyte system or Gigabyte power supply, uh, definitely worth checking out which model and compare that to uh these ones that are bad and make sure you don't have something that could you know cause damage to your home or your computer or your you know god forbid you know take somebody's life so or injure someone so uh please do check that out for sure for sure um i'm not familiar with what's going on here so i guess outsider studio hasn't received royalties despite square enix uh, touting game success so we'll talk about this yeah, so uh, Outriders was the was the sort of um I don't know, I think of it as division-esque looter shooter game that came out ah, uh, right. yes, yes. a little while ago and it was on Game Pass day 1. It had 3.5 million unique players, although they didn't do a lot of people left pretty quickly. Um and the developer confirmed to its investors that the studio has not received royalties for the game despite the agreement with Square Enix. Um, so it basically seems like Square Enix had an agreement that allowed them to pay money only after it had recouped its investment costs, which went towards QA testing, production, and marketing. So what's crazy, though, is People Can Fly, the developer, doesn't even know how many copies were sold they only ask, can estimate between two and three million. And, you know, this reminds me, we used to hear back in the day about creative accounting in Hollywood, where no movie ever made any money because they managed to uh, figure out ways to, you know, spend all of the profits. And then they didn't have to pay people who were, you know, getting percentages of the net sales. So a lot of, you know, bigwig movie people started going for gross, you know, they would get a percentage of the gross profits of the, of the film in, in order to make sure they got paid. But that hasn't translated, unfortunately, into the game industry where um, it's kind of a shame that you have a, 
game that sold, you know, millions of copies, and so yet somehow the developer is not getting paid for their work. Um, and how can they afford to stay in business, you know, if that's the case? So this yeah, dovetailed no in, interestingly with another story, which was an indie developer talking about the contract that he was offered for his game that he had successfully funded on Kickstarter. So <laughs> he had a, he had enough money to make the game and the publisher came in and uh, basically offered him a contract which gave the publisher control of the IP so they would own the universe the game was set in. Um, it would have given the publisher all rights to sell the game so the developer would lose all their royalties. Um, the contract required the developer to pay back any money paid to them if the game didn't end up getting published. And if for some reason the developer couldn't finish the game, the publisher had the right to finish the game, publish it, keep all the money, and charge back the expenses to the developer. So the, basically the point of all this is it was an insanely one-sided contract where the developer was basically losing all of their rights and potentially could, could get completely shafted and, and forced into bankruptcy if the publisher decided that's what they wanted to do. And so, and of course, there were no penalties for late payments by the publisher. There were no penalties for the publisher at all. It was all um, downside, basically, for the developers. And this was a pretty standard contract, supposedly. So, you know, this is kind of the the dark side, perhaps, of the industry, um, is that, you know, you you have these publishers who are essentially taking advantage of developers who who need some money to help you know get get their game out and get it done and you know in some cases it seems like they're potentially losing you know losing their intellectual property in the process or or potentially going broke because the publisher doesn't want to pay them so it's yeah pretty messed up yeah it's rather unfortunate um um but moving moving right along, Biomutant uh, recoups all costs in first week, sold a million copies despite mixed reception. You know, this was a game that looked interesting to me, but I'm just not into that style. It, like, the the XCOM style of gameplay just does not really do much for me. I'm not too into that, I think you're thinking of um, a different oh. game. I, I know which one you're thinking of. Oh, uh, by, this okay, this game, never mind, you're right. Yes, I know uh, which one you're thinking of with the duck and the pig on the cover, and I can't think right, of that one. Right, that but, one. I'm not interested in that yes. one. Yes. So tell us. So so which one is Biomutant? I am. I see Biomutant now that it's was, different. It's a more of an action brawler where it's like an open world game. You're running around and ah. you end up doing. You know, it's very arcadey, um, Devil May Cry style combat. Uh, oh, is okay. Probably the closest thing. So it it did okay. I remember uh, Jim. Uh, Alien Pickle, our co-host, occasional co-host, um, <laughs> who couldn't couldn't be here today, but um, he he was disappointed with it because he just didn't like the combat. A lot of people didn't feel like the the skill trees were distinctive enough. It didn't, you know, let you do enough with your character, um, enough variety. All the skills kind of seemed samey, but um, this was. Hmm. 
uh, apparently still very successful. You know, they sold a million copies kind of despite all of the criticism. Um, I played maybe three hours of it and kind of got, you know, a little just it didn't hold my interest. But um, the world was really pretty and the character models and stuff were interesting. The gameplay just didn't didn't do it for me. So gotcha. Well, uh, Valheim has now sold 7.9 million copies, and good for Valheim. It, it became kind of one of those one-hit wonders for sure, and it just it hit the right mark, I guess. People just kind of like took to it really quickly. I think mainly because of how easy it was to play. Um, the the crafting system and the co-opness of it could be fun, and so I think a lot of people a lot of people really kind of took to it. I've enjoyed Valheim. I need to go back to it now that they've had some updates and patches and some stuff like that and it's so, still um, early access is it not i thought so last time i looked so um i haven't checked in a yeah. while. The last time i looked it, it definitely was um i didn't think it had actually been released so good i mean good for them for for getting it out there and capturing people's interest uh, uh let's certainly find out. has done uh, that. we're gonna do this on the fly here yep still <laughs> early access on steam okay so Okay. The uh the uh, the all reviews on Steam from 226,000 reviews put it as overwhelmingly positive and recent reviews which is about 5,000 reviews say it's very positive. So Well, that's that's impressive. There you go. Good good for Valheim. I bet you that developer is very very happy. So good, yes. good job. Good job Iron Gate AB. Uh, so Well, so Maybe a developer who's not so happy, and I, I admit I do not like Roblox, so so uh, I'll I'll try to keep my editorial comments to a minimum. But um, Roblox has, <laughs> uh, well, they've responded to complaints uh, over recreations of mass shooting events that are available through Roblox. Uh, supposedly, Roblox has. Uh, moderation and monitoring systems for inappropriate content but somehow these these mass event recreations keep popping up on the platform and the scary thing to me is all of their their moderation is reactive so mm -hmm. yep. if you download something and it's inappropriate, you hit a button and say, this is bad. And if enough people say this is bad, then they go look at it and make a decision. But that still means that some number of people had to be exposed to it before right. it was removed. And as a parent, that's a problem. Like as an adult, yes. if I see something gross, I can deal with that. Right. I, I can uh, process that experience, but Kids, especially, you know, younger kids, um, don't necessarily understand what the hell's going on. Probably not likely to report stuff in, in any case. So, I, you know, this, this is just, uh, just messed up. And, you know, they, they commented, ro the Roblox folks commented that recreations of the Christchurch shooting are particularly difficult to block as an automatic text search would block all references to the city itself. Yeah. Well, you know, here's an idea. When somebody puts Christchurch in the name of their uh, their game that they're uploading to Roblox, don't publish it right away. P you know, flag it for manual review 
before sure. you publish it. But the reason they're not doing that is because that would cost them money because they would have to employ people to do that work and they would have to do uh, uh, employ a lot of people because they have so many people submitting games. And, you it's know, like I the got app, an idea. You know, the app store. I got an idea. How about that money that they spent to buy Gilded recently they could use to employ people to... Anyway. Yeah, seriously. Sorry. I, I just, I am not a fan of Roblox. I have a huge issue with their sort of hands-off approach to moderation and, and filtering the content. And this is a great example. Especially, especially how popular it is with children. I mean, yes. that, that hands-off approach, especially considering how popular your game is with kids. That's, that's, that, that is red flag. It's irresponsible. Right. Yes. It's uh -huh. irresponsible. And, and that's anyway. I, I could go on, but I will. Let's move on to our next story. Um, do you remember Thirty Eight Studios, the the scandal that that uh, that studio was caught up in? There's been so many, man. Um, <laughs> well, it's all one big one, essentially. But yeah, I mean, this is this was Kurt Schilling, the baseball, uh, you know, retired baseball star. He founded this studio, being a big fan of games. They produced one title, Kingdoms of Amalur, which recently got a, a remaster. Uh, because the the IP was sold off at auction, um, and it's I I liked it. It was a neat game. Um, oh, that you game! Could, yeah, you could see that they were doing a lot of world building with it, and the intent was they were going to publish an MMO set in the same world, which never happened. But um, there were a ton of really bad stories. Um, they. But ultimately, when they went bankrupt in 2012, they failed to pay 400 employees their final paycheck before they ran out of money. And uh, more recently, because they've been selling off the assets and things from this, and there was a big political mess because they had taken money from the state of Rhode Island, like a, a, a sweetheart loan deal um, that had to be paid back and all this other stuff. Well, apparently after 10 years of all this mess, uh, 38 Studios is finally paying employees that last paycheck. So I'm sure, you know, that's welcome money, but but small recompense for uh, it being so, so, so long after uh, that studio imploded. What a shame. Yeah. Um. This next one I, I thought was sounded really neat. Uh, this is a little tool, a little utility that you can run that lets you upgrade a game's DLSS version. Uh, DLS 2.0 is kind of the, the current incarnation that we want on games because it's really effective at uh, making games look good with, with less, less system resources, needing less powerful system. And... But there are some games that have DLSS 1, which is not nearly as, as impressive. And so the this utility basically goes in and tweaks the game somehow to enable the DLSS uh, libraries to be updated and use the latest and greatest, which can help improve the visual quality. So uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool um, that, that, that it's that simple. So something to look for. Um, we'll post the link in our discord so folks can grab that. This next one is pretty interesting and also not surprising. NVIDIA's old 16 series GPU outperforms the RTX 3050 in a budget gaming laptop face-off. 
Um, the the thirty fifty definitely came out after the buzz of like the thirty sixty seventy and eighty. Um, and the sixteen sixty series, right? Like they they're actually a really good budget GPU. Um, they're not really cheap right now because of the GPU shortages, but. The 1660, 1660 series when it came out was actually not that bad if you were trying to build things on a budget. And this really does not surprise me that it outperforms the RTX 3050. The the 30, the, the, the usually the 50 in a series is like the super low end of a budget. Mm-hmm. Like the like the 1050 Ti was like uh was, was like we have I have a 1050 Ti in my wife's PC and it actually does a lot of stuff at like you know 1080p and and you can play most games at you know it's norm they're normal to high settings so i mean it's not a bad card but uh the 1660 series outperforming the 3050 does not surprise me in the slightest yeah i i just thought that was really interesting i still see a low-end gaming laptop sold with the the 1650 and 1660 mm-hmm. ti as the gpu so you know clearly uh there's still some value there and you might be able to get those cheaper than the 3050 which is going to have um a little more you know brand demand for people who don't know the difference talk about two terrible things merging to make a super terrible thing norton and avast have merged together to form a super cybersecurity company um no I mean, for what it's worth, they're not necessarily bad, but they're 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 super invasive anti spyware software, anti like you know malware stuff. Like they they can do their job well, but they're very intrusive into your experience on the computer for sure. So. Yeah, and and in some cases, there's been a, a number of situations where having the virus scanner on your system actually adds problems because yes. the flaws in the in the antivirus software so you're actually more yes. likely to get hacked than you would have without it which is crazy to me um the reality is you probably should be running the built-in microsoft antivirus and nothing else I, for I, sure and and you know. for what it's worth microsoft's uh microsoft's defender has actually gotten really good over the last several years and so i've been really impressed with it myself so yeah, one of the um, big things for for retro gaming is you oftentimes want to go in and exclude your like retro games folder from being mm-hmm, scanned mm-hmm. because it'll find we it, it'll think there are weird things going on because of how those older games run. But other than that, I've been really yeah, I mean, because sometimes Microsoft stuff. Sometimes these older games, you need like no CD hacks and stuff like that just to get them to work properly. Mm-hmm. And so, like sometimes they'll they'll look at those no CD mods and be like, "You're blah, you're infected," and it's just like, "No, no, I'm not." But anyway, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Got, Calm down. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> let's end. Let's end uh, the show on a couple of funny ones. We'll pick a couple <laughs> of these here. Um, some, some of these are interesting. Well, so here's, so this is definitely interesting. I went ahead and got myself in on the new final fantasy stuff that they're coming out with pixel remasters as, has as been did doing, I, yeah, is doing it. So finally, for the first time ever, you can get the original final fantasy on PC. Now it's, it's a slightly different version than other versions. Of course, every iteration of when they've put out final fantasy one has always had something different about it compared to the super original one, right. That came out on the NES way back in the day. Um, so there's, there's always going to be some kind of differences, whether there's like a zone missing or this little bit of content was changed or the battle systems improved. 
or something. Personally, I don't care. Judge it by what it is directly and not what it what came before it, is in my opinion. If you're wanting to talk about is the game good, now if you want to do a compare mm. and contrast between versions of Final Fantasy, that's different. But I think I think this game should be should be reviewed on its own merits, but it's been getting review bombed for one stupid reason. Yes. Qualified? <laughs> so the reason is because it's not on console. Oh, it's terrible. It's the worst ever. Don't play this garbage. It's not on my console. <laughs> what, what's funny, though, is that there are actually legit reasons why people might consider review, you know, giving it a negative review. It has a terrible, yes. ugly font. It, that they, it they fixed, has, but yes. Well, well, no, you, you, there's a hack to fix it, but it's not right. like Square Enix didn't fix it. There's also problems with screen tearing and uh, contents missing and co the controller doesn't work consistently. Like those are all <laughs> legit reasons to complain about this port and give it a bad review because it's not on a console is not a valid reason though. Come on people. Like, right. ugh. anyway, so stupid. Um, I put this next one in for Jim. Uh, uh, unfortunately he's not here today, but, uh, I just, this cracked me up. Oh, yeah, the Space Invaders fans replace UFOs with Pentagon's declassified photos. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yep. funny. You can play the old Space Invaders with the uh, the UFO photos the Pentagon recently released. So that's just silly fun. Um, Yakuza's Kazuma Kairu will be in the new Super Monkey Ball game, which I find kind of fun. It's a little silly. It's a cute cute little uh character they made for him in the game so that that i thought that was cute uh talk about uh, uh good coming from bad uh so a hacker who stole and gave back 600 million dollars has been offered a job and rewarded from the company he stole from so the crypto thief uh is being offered the role as cybersecurity advisor and a $500,000 reward i is it because he gave the money back? I don't understand. Well, so it's interesting because it, they make it sound like he was being altruistic, and that's not the case. What happened was he stole from a cryptocurrency exchange, and they know the way that he stole it was by diverting the transactions to his own wallet. So now they've blacklisted his wallet, so no exchange no cyber or um, um cryptocurrency exchange will touch his wallet so the money the cryptocurrency he stole is worthless it'd be like the equivalent of the die pack going off if you stole money from a bank Got it. right yeah, yeah the yeah, money's yeah. marked he can't do anything with it that's why he gave it back because it was worthless that's so uh, yeah i mean it's kind of it's kind of goofy in that sense it's like well um, if you want money we'll give you a job <laughs> It's just like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he found a legit problem, and and rather than responsibly reporting it, he tried to steal with it, which I think, you know, to me is uh, maybe they can reform the guy. He is going to apparently get half a million dollars, which seems like, you know, that's a huge payout for a security flaw uh, generally. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of don't like the fact they're rewarding this guy. All right. Well, let's pick one last one here, Mellified. What do you got? 
Oh, that's so hard to choose. Okay, so I think this one's just interesting. This might be a uh, this might be part of a topic show one day. One in three men prefer playing female characters in video games. So given given the choice, uh, you know, thirty percent of men will pick a female character. I am one of these. I admit. Um, I've. I mean, I I've. Been, rather... I've. I, I think it depends on the game, but I think there's a lot of. There's a there's a lot of games where I too have picked female characters, and I think it depends too on the type of game that it is. Like they in 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 this article, they show like uh, Fem Shep from Mass Effect and so on and mm -hmm. so forth. I think with something like Mass Effect, I know that they give me the option, but because it's set to a certain default, I've just gone with the defaults to play through the story because I I feel like mm. I want to play through the story that is kind of defaulted set to I guess in a way. Um, yeah. but in other games though, where I get choice, like in Conan Exiles, I of course play as a female, but yeah, for me, it's for especially reasons. third person <laughs> games. Well, yeah, but <laughs> they have great assets. Um, for, for me, it's third person games where I'm looking at the character. I, yes. I would rather look at a female form than a, than a dude. Like if I'm going to be staring at somebody's behind for 20 hours, I'd rather look at a female's behind, but you know that's just me um, right and there's and i don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it i mean i think i think people have different preferences for stuff too it just you know it i i do tend to think that uh a lot of the the female characters in a lot of games especially like third person games or role-playing games get a better variety of like design options in a lot of ways too so i mean you have a lot to kind of just play around with and try and you know and look at and whatnot and i don't i don't mean that in like a, a weird way i mean just like in general you've got more choice um so it can be and it just depends on the game i'm, I'm not like that in every game like you know in in division two it's i've you know i picked a dude uh you know i've got i've got any and he wears a, a cowboy hat and uh like a <laughs> a hawaiian like pink shirt and shorts and tactical flip-flops you know like that's <laughs> that's and i to me it's to, to me if i play a dude i usually make him goofy like that you know if i can um mm -hmm. you know so it could be an interesting topic show because i definitely think it it depends on the game specifically um i guess sometimes because yeah. sometimes like if it's a moba right the the female character might be something specific to their abilities rather than because right. it's a female, um, you know. Yep, that it, makes sense. It, it and so it all kind of just boils down to what kind of game it is. I think too could make a big difference. But pretty cool stuff, man. I mean, there's like I said, there was a lot of news to cover there. But um, Melify, did you know that we have mm. game servers? What? Yeah. We've got a Minecraft server. We've got a Battlefield 4 server. Hey, we've got a Conan Exile server. And for you retro fans out there, we even have an Unreal Tournament 2004 server. A lot of these things are... Um, uh, our Minecraft server will definitely probably keep in perpetuity, but some of these other servers will probably rotate out with other games as time goes on. So feel free to come on over and check them out. You can get all the information on this on our Discord at discord.otherworlds.gg. We'll get you right in through the front door. Be sure to click on the little controller emoji to give yourself a member role and access all the information you possibly could want. And on top of all of that, we're running a giveaway. So tell all your friends we get to 100 members in our Discord. We're going to do a $100 giveaway in the form of four $25 Amazon gift cards. We'll give one a week, one away a week for four weeks. 
tell all your friends, get them in on over here. This has been episode number 32.2. We'll see you guys next time. Yeehaw.